Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon. This episode is part of a series I made for my main podcast, I Heart Movies, in 2021. I don't have anything new to add to or edit from this one, so I'm going to leave it as is, and we can get right into the episode. Lavender's blue, dilly dilly, lavender's green. If I were king, dilly dilly, I'd need a queen. Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon. This week, we're continuing our miniseries looking into Walt Disney's journey into live action. Last time we looked at the controversial film, Song of the South, which was not Disney's first film to merge live action and animation, but it was the first one to do so in a way that would later become popular in films like Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. This time, my cousin Sarah is back, and we're looking at another more obscure film, though this one not really for any controversial reasons. So dear to my heart... This was the film that Disney wanted to be his first fully live-action film, but he was convinced to supplement the live-action with animation because investors figured that people would go to a Disney picture looking for animation. I wonder what gave them that idea. I'm not really sure why this one has almost completely faded into obscurity. It's just not readily available to watch anywhere. As far as I know, it's currently only available through the Disney Movie Club as an exclusive release just for members. It's not available in stores, or on digital, or even on Disney+. Plus. Not that anyone really cares, it's just not as well-known or popular as some of the others. Disney diehards, like myself, can find it, and I guess that's probably all that matters to Disney. Anyway, I think that's all for now. Let's get into So Dear to My Heart. Yes, she's often seen in church with a bonnet white as birch. She's a young thing and cannot leave her mother. So... So dear to my heart. Had you seen this before? No. This time? No, I had only watched like one or more clips on YouTube. I was I th- not familiar with it. I didn't grow up with it. Yeah, I feel like maybe I watched it maybe once as a kid. Like we maybe borrowed it from the library or something. I think if the library had had it, we probably would have checked it out. So maybe you were at a relative's house or something. I don't know. It just seemed vaguely familiar parts of it not the whole thing i don't know i just thought maybe i'd seen it as a kid but not since then and i didn't remember what was going to happen at all so it's one of those that's kind of forgotten about it hasn't been released very many times like other classic disney films which is a little bit silly because it's really sweet it was released in 1986 and 1992 and then it was released as part of the Masterpiece Collection in 94. And it was planned to be released on DVD as part of the Gold Collection in like... I think that was late 90s, early 2000s, I don't remember. But then that release was cancelled. But it was released in the UK. But right now, the only way to get it on DVD in the US is if you're a member of the Disney Movie Club. That's, honestly, it's nice that they released it as much as they did because there are such strong religious overtones to it. I think it's nice that they kept putting it out there. They probably should have put it out there even more because it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I expected it to be more of a montage of cartoons, which is not really the case. Yeah, there wasn't much animation. They probably would have viewed it as easier to re-release if it had had more cartoon probably. stuff in it. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of something I read about when it was originally being made. 
Walt Disney wanted this to be all live action. He had he had not planned this as any animation whatsoever. He was going to make this his first live action feature, but then his distributor at the time, RKO, somebody there was like, well, when people hear the name Disney, they think animation. Yeah. So this needs to be animated. So they kind of split the difference, compromised, yeah. and did live action with animation included. Which is probably a good way to start to segue into mm-hmm. live action instead of going cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd kind of dabbled, like, this is part of a miniseries talking about his foray into live action, but he'd kind of dabbled in that a bit because he'd done The Reluctant Dragon a lot earlier and then Song of the South. So this was his... This type of combo is not new Yeah. for him at this point. But there was very little in this. I mean... I guess once I think about it, it's a, it is a decent amount of animation in there, but there's only so much it cuts into the main narrative. Mm-hmm. It just kind of enhances the main narrative. Yeah, for the most part, the animation is there. Not not really like... I mean, I kind of want to say it's like his imaginary friends, but it's I don't know if it's even like that. It's just... Maybe he's... I think he's just imagining his picture book coming to life. Well, I don't think that he had Goliath or Robert the Bruce in his picture book, did he? Goliath? Yeah. David and Goliath was one of the first Oh, I thought that was a character named Goliath that I missed. (laughs) No. No, I don't remember if that was in his picture book or not. But it starts out with, you know, talking about him and his dreams. Like, these are all things that he could daydream about. Mm Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized that this was actually based on a book, too. Oh, I didn't know that either. A book by Sterling North, who I don't know if he's related to us in the far past (laughs) or not. (laughs) The book was called Midnight and Jeremiah. So in the book, I guess, Midnight was the name of the lamb. But then after this movie came out, he revised the book and added a bunch of stuff from the movie and changed the lamb's name to Danny. And included this, the plot point about him seeing the horse and then naming the lamb after the horse. Like, oh, wow. The book was not 100% changed, but quite That's significantly changed. And then he changed the name of the book to So Dear to My Heart after the movie. Sounds like he was catching in. <laughs> Maybe so. He's like, you know what? I like your ideas. <laughs> We're throwing these in. And people can see the title and be like, yo, that's like the movie. Let's buy that. It could have been. Well, and also, I think, and I can't speak for him, he's probably been dead a long time, I could see somebody wanting to, other people to realize, yes, this was based off of my book. Yeah. My only thing is, I really like the name Midnight and Jeremiah. (laughs) It just sounds like a He probably did too, at the beginning. (laughs) This cleared something up for me, though, because I grew up watching... The Music Man. Mm-hmm. And when he's doing the whole riff about trouble in River, River City, he's talking about you want to watch some stuck-up jockey, jockey sitting on Dan Patch. 
I had no idea what he was talking about. To me, it sounded like he was saying a swear word patch. (laughs) I did not get the context. And, you know, it didn't seem like that would be a movie that would have a swear word in it. So now I know. He's talking about a racehorse. Probably more famous than I know, according to this film. Yeah. Extremely famous. I think, I think if I remember right, Walt Disney really liked the racehorse and wanted to include it in the movie. So it was famous enough that a lot of people knew about this horse and it had fans. Yeah, because they were talking about paying money to get hairs out of its tail. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny that Tildy was shocked that they paid 50 cents. <laughs> Which I guess probably was a lot of money back then. When you could buy more than one piece of candy for a penny. Oh, yeah, that's true. She could have had 50 whole candies. Probably more than 50 whole candies. (laughs) That little girl's so cute. Yeah, that's Luanna Patton. I don't know if you remember, but she was the little girl in that live-action part of, I think, Melody Time with the Pagos Bill segment. Sitting around the campfire. Oh, a little Actually, bit both of the kids were. Yeah. Both Luanna Patton and Bobby Driscoll were the okay. two kids in that. I'd kind of forgotten about that one. My mind was still on Song of the South. Oh. Because they're the kids on there, too. Was she in Song of the South, too? I knew, yeah, I knew Bobby absolutely. Driscoll was. It had to okay. be her. I, it's been several months since we watched and recorded that one. So you're remembering the one thing and I'm remembering the other. So. Yeah. She was also in. Fun and Fancy Free. She was the girl who had the birthday party that the oh, puppets okay. came to. <laughs> okay, nice. What? And Bobby Driscoll, he was in Song of the South, and then he was in this one, and he's also in Treasure Island, which will be the next movie I'm talking about. Mm. So he was in all of the films leading up to Disney's live-action debut. I... I... Not that I let it get me down too much, but I watch Bobby Driscoll and I think about his life in real life, and it's just a bummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're cute here. Ah, uh, that didn't end so well. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> but no, just. If you've never looked up Bobby Driscoll, don't. Go watch this and just enjoy it for what it is. You'll never know. Let's keep your mind pure. Yes. Um, of course, Burl Ives. Yes. Which, if you don't know who Burl Ives is, then just think Rudolph. He's the singing <laughs> snowman from Rudolph, but that's very famous that's true but the the main thing that i know him from is summer magic another live action disney film yeah but that's like we grew up watching that but how many other people did probably more than i realize maybe i don't know but that's the main place i know him from anyway the ugly bug ball (laughs) famous folk singer type person i think he may have had his own radio show did he He he's famous and one of the things that was um different for me I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else, which she was probably in a lot of things and I don't realize it, but the mom from It's a Wonderful Life is Granny on here. Really? Uh-huh. She's the, she's the kind of help find 
help you find the answers, George. Were those movies that far apart? No. They weren't. They both came out in the second half of the 40s. Oh, wait. I think I'm thinking of the wrong person from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Stewart's mom. Okay. I was thinking of his wife. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's a real babe for a grandma. That's why I was so like, young. Is they that were, far apart? They she aged both, that they much? Were, they were both teenage brides. <laughs> That's how these grandchildren are so young. Okay. Well, she's so young with these grand with the grandson. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> no, she's sort of a vaguely 50s, 60s looking yeah. woman. And Maybe I missed it. Did they ever say why the kids were living with her? Like, what happened well, to it was parents? only him. Remember? It was like the little girl was the uncle's daughter. Oh. And Danny was the only one living with Grandma, so apparently... Oh, that's a, right. So apparently a plague swept through the village. <laughs> okay. That's uh, probably you're not right. the right thing to say during I this I thought time. of them as siblings, but you're right. She was not living with them. She was... He, he he and the granny were alone. Oh wait, no. Yeah, I I tell, I tell a lie saw. because she talks about her mom making her dress for the fair. She did say that, and I was really confused. I was like, is she talking about something in the very way past? Because I was thinking of her being siblings with Jeremiah. And okay, <laughs> okay. So she does have a mother, but he doesn't. So no, it's his like, parents are gone. Yeah. We just never met her mother. She's there, is, but we never met which her. Which is why you have Granny out plowing the field, because it's just Granny. Okay. Yeah, that makes a whole lot more sense. Like, yeah, she's tough, but... Well, for the first half of the movie, I thought that Uncle Hiram lived with them, too. And then some somewhere in the ha second half of the movie, he made mention of going home or something. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, he doesn't live with them? <laughs> They, yeah. they didn't your, your explain the family dynamics to, very well. Your brain wanted to create family units <laughs> where there were none. I guess so. But oh, I liked that scene at the beginning with her plowing. I don't know why. I, I like old ladies doing things that old ladies don't normally do. <laughs> Probably happened more than we realize. Probably. But, you know, she's obviously this person who's been through a lot. And she feels the need to be strong, be a little bit tough like she's had to survive but mm -hmm. at the same time she's really just a big softy yeah my feelings toward her kind of went up and down throughout the film and towards the end of the film i thought i was going to start hating her but then she turned around and well we'll get there but yeah yeah it, i mean this is this is somebody who would have been born in probably Within the historical context, because this is like 1902, 1903, she yeah. would, could have easily been born in the 1840s and had to survive in a pastoral setting. Like, she would have seen a lot of life and death. Her faith would have helped get her through everything. And she just had to learn to be tough. But in the end, she had so much... She's a really tender-hearted person. She had a lot of compassion for him. She mm -hmm. just wanted him to have his heart in the right place. Yeah. She kind of... It felt like she was a bit too pessimistic and she needed to learn 
maybe not pessimistic isn't the right word. I don't know. She was, it felt like she was learning a, a lesson along with Jeremiah, but hers was to be a little bit more understanding by the end. Mm. Because I think we're, we're jumping way ahead. It felt like she jumped to the wrong conclusion about his motives at one point and then realized that she was wrong. Do we want to go through this scene by scene, or how are we doing Pro- this? We probably should, because we probably should just, like talk about what the movie's actually about, just in case somebody listening who doesn't know what it's about. Which is probably most of them. It, there's a little boy named Jeremiah, who does not have a sister named Tildy. I guess she's probably his cousin. I thought yeah. they were siblings. Yeah, it's his uncle, Hiram, so, and cousin... Tildy, you said? Yes. Boy, we're paying so much attention during this film. <laughs> I, I thought that they said... I couldn't tell exactly what they what they called her. And I don't think they even used her name at the beginning of the film. Like, halfway through the film, I was like, what is the little girl's name? And then I thought somebody said Tildy. I was like, would it be... Would the, did I hear that right? So I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yes, it's Tildy. So the film opens with a narrator who's apparently adult jeremiah talking about his childhood he's basically looking back on the good old days yeah and there's really beautiful animation to go with this it's walking you through the seasons and it's like a kind of like a scrapbook Mm -hmm. so you have spring you have fall and it's and they're singing about probably both the seasons and the seasons of life i don't know um i think it's supposed to be jeremiah's scrapbook because he makes a scrapbook throughout the movie that yes. comes to life. And so as you start to watch this, you are stepping into another dimension. Unless you are already immersing yourself in vintage things currently, which I tend to do, but I've had a little break where I'm oh, you know, listening to Persian folk music and stuff. <laughs> And so to step back into the vintage world, it's you're, you're stepping into this idealized, super cozy past, mm-hmm. which is so different from, <laughs> from, from the current feeling. <laughs> so if you want to make yourself a little cup of cocoa, put some ready whip, Maybe some little marshmallows on there. And you just want to be done with current reality and think little happy thoughts. This might be the program for you. (laughs) But pretty soon we're getting into animal abandonment and stuff. (laughs) So, buckle up. Yes, Jeremiah loves a racehorse named Dan Patch, which actually was a real racehorse. And it comes to visit his town... Just to, they just stopped for the horse to get some exercise, yeah. but then his uncle is a blacksmith. He fixes a nail on the shoe mm-hmm. and then makes a ring out of the nail for Danny. Jeremiah. For Sorry, for <laughs> Jeremiah. And then Jeremiah has the dream of having a racehorse, but he ends up replacing it with the dream of having a prize ram. Yes, their sheep have babies one night, and there's a black one, which Granny does not like black sheep. She doesn't like the wool, and at one point she says that they're wicked. Did she? (laughs) 
like some like the, I think she said like, I think she said he had a wicked face. Yeah, and that might have been right before bringing in a nicely warm bottle yes. of milk. <laughs> she kind of went back and forth. She sound she would say something that sounded super mean, and then she'd do something that was like really nice. <laughs> but she's she doesn't want this sheep, and the mama doesn't want the sheep, and she's like butting him away. And I feel like this is the type of thinking towards animals that I've run into that I just have a really hard time stomaching this idea of letting nature take its course Mm. or being hands off or not stepping into rescue when you could step into rescue. And that can be traumatizing in childhood and beyond. And I'm, I'm not trying to sound, you know, pampered or anything because I realize sometimes an animal has to be put down animals get sick you can't save everybody but in this situation mm-hmm. they could I, yeah, th- I was I was watching this and I was thinking that you were going to have an issue with <laughs> with some of granny's thinking here yeah because and no I can't save everything that I want to save but in this situation and maybe maybe there was a time when they weren't... I mean, I don't know the history of farming on this one. Maybe there was a time when it was like, we can't deal with this. We don't know how to save this lamb. But sheep are valuable. So you would think that traditionally people yeah. would step in. I don't know. I mean, they were even, making a plot. They were making a plot, okay? Even if Even if people don't like black wool as much somebody would like it like you could sell it for something i would it's say it's not like historically they ever wore black wool stockings <laughs> or anything anyway we, like we could just yeah we're, we're probably rambling at this point just yeah yeah save the babies <laughs> save the babies so danny runs off into the house with this lamb and then he's kind of getting in trouble for this and she's trying to reason with him and then all of a sudden she shows up with a bottle <laughs> like yeah you you're big Big softy. Mm-hmm. That was another thing with this. It's like this was such a sanitized birthing. Like, oh, all of the <laughs> yes, lambs have been too. born and they're so clean and mobile for the most part. Here. I was like, those are not newly fresh born lambs. It's like, yeah, okay, in studio, we're going to need some lambs. <laughs> have some lambs. They couldn't even like smear some gunk on their wall. <laughs> That would be the modern day, if you've ever seen the the new um, All Creatures Great and Small, then you're going to get the pus and the goop. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was planning on watching that show at some point, but... <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, that is a whole rabbit trail. The new All Creatures Great and Small, I was so shocked I was expecting for there to be language for them. I mean, they have some, you know, random Britishy type swears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Britishy swears. <laughs> you know, I won't. I won't say. Them. But anyway, <laughs> they actually made the new all creatures incredibly heartwarming. They added all sorts of historical, you know, with the costuming and everything, detail. It's just incredibly sweet, and you get connected to these characters pretty quickly. Like, Dad and I, I don't know when this last happened, but we made a point. Like, All Creatures was coming on, and 
we were gonna go we were gonna be there we were gonna watch it with our egg and toast on a Sunday night and we have been looking forward to the next season coming out which is not normal for me <laughs> in television so if you want something genuinely heartwarming and engaging to watch highly recommend it yeah I should watch it because I loved that show when I was a kid the the actual books had more language <laughs> like I tried to start reading All Creatures Great and Small and maybe and apparently it does get better as you're reading it but I'm like okay I'm kind of done here I don't want to like as being a little too historic you know his literal life experiences were coming out in, in their earthiness <laughs> <laughs> so yeah anyway back to So Dear to My Heart so Jeremiah decides that he's going to raise up Danny, which he's named after Dan Patch, and he's going to make him into a champion instead of raising a champion racehorse. Because there was another scene earlier that kind of made me laugh that he was talking about trading in their mule for a horse, and he got a scolding about that, and he was like, what, what good is an old mule? <laughs> Reliable and hardworking. Of course, they like need Granny. the mule to plow, so yeah, he got a scolding about that. I thought that was kind of funny. And this is where you get your first, well, I guess your your second musical number, but your animated musical number. Yes. Of, it's what you do with what you got. Mm-hmm. Where throughout this story, you get little moral maxims that he's going through and learning lessons from. And so you have this little owl singing to him and the lamb ram in, <laughs> involved in it and telling yes. the story of David and Goliath. And the wall of Jericho, which I just laughed yeah, when the they, ram <laughs> bashed through it. Yeah, the David and Goliath one a little more biblically accurate than the Jericho one. <laughs> Yeah, he he bashed through that, and then he starts bashing through a bunch of stuff in the animated scene, which transitions to live action, and he's still bashing through things. And uh, bigger than he was. Uh, yes. And he's now causing a major lot. problems. And Granny is not happy about it because he destroys her screen door. But he was also banging around in the house before that. Yeah. So he gets locked in the barn. Which is where he kind of belongs anyway, <laughs> but I mean, then, okay, here's the other question. I just thought of this. They have other sheep. Where are the other sheep? Oh, that's why true. Is he where, why, why is he not out in pasture with the other sheep? You kind of never see the sheep again after the, after the like, first Like, they ate scene. them all. Granny, <laughs> Granny was done. She's like, man, one is enough. We're going to eat these guys. I mean, like, he's a ram, but he doesn't see... I mean, I can see keeping the ram separate, but wouldn't you normally have a designated area for your ram? They ov they obviously already... I don't know. <laughs> These are the questions. Yes. And Danny... Not Danny. Jeremiah. Has been neglecting his chores like you gotta give granny some slack they're mm -hmm. trying to survive he's not hoeing the garden he's not cutting wood for the winter he's just totally absorbed in the ram which you can't totally blame him he's just a little boy mm -hmm. but he needs to get his stuff together 
Anyway, he tries to take him to the store so that he can get stuff <laughs> to build a pen for him, and then that turns into a horrible nightmare because the storekeeper, what does he do? Shoot him with something or, or poke him or... I I don't know what, if he did anything to Sheep. All I know is that you were outside and you just heard all of this racket no, cause, inside. because when he was talking to his uncle, the storekeeper had done something to spook the sheep. Oh, I just thought that was no, Jeremiah he, making excuses. <laughs> no, no, he actually, no, it wasn't all Danny's fault. Okay, I, I just figured he was making excuses. So anyway, Danny, Jeremiah's off messing around with his cousin and the sheep, and they get distracted with the train, and the sheep takes off, and is basically just destroying everything. Well, before that, he got the idea of bringing him to the fair because he was telling his uncle about what happened at the store and he wishes that Danny could be a champion and he asks how a sheep could become a champion. He tells him the county fair. Mm -hmm. So then they get this plan to take him to the fair, make him a champion. And that's when they go out and he wants him to eat clover because apparently clover will help him become oh, a champion. Okay, okay. And that's when he is spooked by the train. Why they had a little cart attached to him, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, Uncle course, Hiram was trying to convince Granny. Of course, if I was a child and I had a ram and a small cart, maybe <laughs> I would try and put the two together. Like, you yeah, never know what kind of kind useful of... things you could put in that cart. Maybe yourself, you could get a little ride. <laughs> eh, you never know. But yeah, at the same time, Uncle Hiram's, Hiram is trying to convince Granny to allow them to go to the fair and he's defending the sheep <laughs> and then suddenly he comes racing back dragging this cart and basically destroys everything he bashes through both doors destroys the garden knocks off i think Stuff it's off the plow the... or something goes running through a fence it was a cart I know, it was just a it cart. disrupted okay. the chicken coop it he knocked laundry off the line and this was one of my favorite parts because Uncle Hiram's trying to catch him. He goes and he tramples on this quilt that was hanging on the line. And as a woman, I relate so much. <laughs> like, I get it. Because Granny comes up and she looks up at this guy and she's like, Give me strength. <laughs> <laughs> that segues into... Well, Danny gets a hold of him in the garden and... Jeremiah. Oh my goodness, I can't stop calling him <laughs> I was Danny. doing the same thing in my head, too. Getting their names mixed around. I don't know why. Maybe Jeremiah just seems like a better name for a sheep, and Danny seems like a better name for a little boy. <laughs> but Jeremiah realized that uh, things had not gone well, and Granny's trying to talk to him while he's up in his room, quote-unquote, about, you know, how it's a reasonable thing to be getting rid of the ram, and then she realizes that he's not well, actually... I think that happens later. No. So you remember, she's like, it's a reason... She never promised to keep him. And then she realized that he's. She realizes that he's not in the house, and she goes and finds him oh, okay. sleeping in the barn with the ram, which is really cute. Yeah. And so she feels like she can't get rid of him and then uncle Hiram comes and builds a nice strong yeah, outdoor okay. enclosure for the ram yeah and then they're still 
trying to convince her about the fair. I don't think that actually maybe they haven't even mentioned the fair. No, to her at that point. Hiram's going to try and weasel it in. Which honestly, aside, I don't know. This is where it gets morally interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like really, you're not going to go to the county fair. Like oh, you don't. I don't know. People are different. I get her stance because she felt. Like, they couldn't afford to go to the fair, which is something that we wouldn't normally think of. But they obviously were just getting by, really. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford train fare yeah. to go to a fair. But, I mean, and I get she didn't want to accept money from other people. And part of me was like, yeah, Granny, you go, girl. Because she didn't want to you know, take out any kind of a loan. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be able to pay for things up front. And if they couldn't do that, then she didn't want to do it. So what was morally questionable? I don't know. Just the way she approached the... I mean, not necessarily morally questionable, just kind of weird. I don't know. not Or not necessarily weird, just different. Are you talking about her not wanting to enter anything in the fair because she thought it would be like being too proud? Well, there were just all these layers of... Like, she had a lot of opinions. (laughs) She didn't want to take a loan. She didn't want to... She felt they couldn't afford it. And I I appreciate the fact that she... You know, I liked that she said... You know, I make... That she made her quilts because they pleasure her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But there was... It just felt like there was this odd disapproval, but then you find out it's probably more about the money rather than disapproval of going. Then there's the thing of, we could pray for the money. We don't pray for cash money. It's like, really? (laughs) Really? Because later on, you made kind of a weird prayer there, (laughs) Granny. You were basically bargaining with God later on, but yet you're not going to pray for cash money. I think at that point she's probably just making excuses. <laughs> People pray for all kinds of stuff and and money helps you survive. So I I did like though that after all this he he kind of Uncle Hiram kind of insinuates that she doesn't want to go cuz she's too old. Yeah. And then she says, "Oh, I'll, oh my I'll, goodness, I'll that made me laugh." On your grave. They're <laughs> <laughs> talking telling her that, you know, old people should sit by the fire and toast their shins or something but no that whole random thing about i'll live to dance on your grave was like these days that would sound really harsh but i don't think it was meant to be harsh so yeah at this point they're not going because they don't have money and he goes back to his scrapbook and then the owl and lamb come back to life and sing stick to itivity and basically telling him that he needs to not give up on trying to go to the fair. Is this the one with Robert the Bruce? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You want an interesting trip. You didn't know you were going to watch this cartoon and see a spider in a kilt with a red beard. <laughs> I also liked that they had him doing Scottish dancing on the sword. It was kind of weird because at the beginning of the song I was thinking the song is a bit weird nowadays because, I mean, people have learned more about... It starts out singing about Christopher Columbus and, like, people have learned more about Christopher Columbus as a person. So we wouldn't have a song about him being a great I'd already forgotten about Christopher Columbus in this. I liked the clouds that were blowing. Yeah, the the animation in that You want to know something terrible? 
You want to know something terrible? The whole uh, concept of him going around the, the world to prove that it was round, I'd basically forgotten about that because I'm so focused on other things concerning Christopher Columbus at this point. It's like, I need to go back in and read the history and be partly fascinated and probably partly horrified. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you don't want to read about Bobby Driscoll, you shouldn't read about Christopher oh, I Columbus. Already, I, already, I already know <laughs> probably... I mean, yeah, I already know enough to be like, okay. Um, but anyways, with this song, I was thinking, I was already thinking it was weird because today you wouldn't have a song praising Christopher Columbus. So I was thinking it was weird to have a song about how great he was. And then suddenly there's a dancing spider in a kilt. And I was like, this is weird in a whole other way now. <laughs> you, your brain did realize that it segued off onto Robert the Bruce, yes. right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> My thing is, like, why... It's interesting that they even included Robert the Bruce. Like, how... If this was before Mel Gibson, which apparently that, they did a terrible job portraying actual history, and I have not really watched that movie. Um, I could sing you part of Scott's Wahey, but I haven't, you know. <laughs> um, but that's interesting, because you would have had a lot of people with um, Scotch-Irish ancestry probably watching this cartoon and maybe they were closer to that history than I realize. It could be. But, you know, why bring him up for <laughs> anything? I don't know. So, through this song, he has learned he shouldn't give up, so he decides to start selling sassafras to the shopkeeper whose store the sheep destroyed. Which, it seemed like he forgave him quite quickly for that. That's a good idea. But Sassafras apparently isn't worth a whole lot of money. He only makes like $2. So he wonders how he can make more. And even though everything turns out fine, I was like, the shopkeeper seems like he has malicious intent because he suggests that he go find wild honey. I'm like, why would you send a seven-year-old? I don't know how old he is, but I'm assuming like seven. Why would you send a seven-year-old to get honey from wild bees, this could end in disaster. <laughs> it was 1902. <laughs> the guy had the guy had no parental supervision. <laughs> you know, I don't, and I I don't know that he was suggesting that he try to gather it, just try to find it. You know, because when he does get it, his uncle helps him. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just thought it was weird that this, and, his and, suggestion was to follow a bee. <laughs> And he, I don't know that he really expected him to actually find it. I don't think he did, because he was to have that discussion with somebody about... I liked that discussion. Like, you don't care how you waste that boy's time to... What's time to a boy? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't malicious. It, I mean, just... it may have been like, hey, if you can go find this for me, great. Otherwise... Leave me alone. <laughs> maybe. Get him out of his hair. Maybe. I mean... My dad offered me money if I drank all of the juice out of a pickle jar. <laughs> <laughs> or was it money? Maybe he just dared me to. I think he offered me money if I could spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I was too young to even be attempting that. So that's a rip-off. Love you, Dad, but that's a rip-off. <laughs> Did you attempt to drink the juice? I attempted to spell super friend. 
I think I, maybe I was willing to drink the juice and then maybe he backed out of that. I don't know. Either that my mother did. I don't know. <laughs> so he and his cousin go out searching for honey. They follow a bee to a swamp. Which, do bees live in a swamp? I thought that was kind of weird, but maybe bees live in a swamp and I just never heard about that. I mean, not all, I, I don't know. I could see it sometimes. I don't think that that's like, oh, natural habitat looking for a swamp. It would <laughs> be more like, like natural habitat looking for a hollow tree, which could occur in a swamp. Maybe. It's just and really, weird when they that came, they found it a swamp. When they did find it, it seemed like it was more of in a little less swampy area. It's just that they happened to go through mm. some of the nasty stuff. I don't know. But yeah, they find Honey. He gets his uncle, and they take back the store and earn $22, which I'm assuming is a lot of money because they were really excited about if it. If I was his age and I got $22... That's true. <laughs> Even if it wasn't as worth Even it. if it was 1999 <laughs> or whatever and I got $22, mm-hmm. that would be a sweet load of cash to me. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of funny that they're talking about taking Danny to the fair and there's this bully kid outside and says the only prize he's going to earn is a booby prize. And he comes back with, I'm taking my sheep, not you. Like, that's pretty sharp in the burn department. And then he, what, pushes him, no adults intervene, and, bo- and Jeremiah... Yeah, that's true. I thought that was strange. They get into a brawl, and it's like the adults are just kind of watching. I mean, maybe it started back then. Because we've had an uncomfortable phase in our history of adults not intervening with fights when they should have. And now they're finally learning, hey, maybe that was a bad idea, and we should act... Anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Either way, they were totally on his side. That was so bad, though, because he pushed the other kid into the tub of honey, and then the storekeeper picks up the other kid and is brushing off the honey and says, Don't worry, folks, I'm, I'll send this one to the city. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what he said, and I, I couldn't quite understand. I was like, did he just... What was <laughs> Basically, the, the honey that the kid fell into is not going to be sold to you. It'll be sold to unsuspecting citizens elsewhere. <laughs> So, he and his uncle get home from town, but now Tildy's lost. I think Granny said that she she was... Danny pulled her away in the wagon? Like No, no, no. She had shown up and I think was trying to feed Danny clover. And when she opened the gate, Danny got away. Oh, I thought for some reason I remembered the wagon from before. I thought that she had like gotten into the wagon and been pulled away. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She wasn't. She was trying to be helpful, and that was part of why Granny was so upset because Danny was mad at her. Like, why was she messing around with? Like Jeremiah was mad mm-hmm. at her. Why was she messing around with Danny? And instead of being like, "Oh no, where is my cousin? Where is the she?" He was. Being, I mean, and he's a kid, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a nice response. I can understand the response, but it wasn't nice, which was part of why Granny was upset with him. Mm-hmm. So Danny is lost. Tildy eventually does come back, and Jeremiah goes after Danny. They can't find him, and I thought it was kind of funny that they had to have an obligatory child lost in the rain scene. <laughs> Here's what gets me. 
it's okay granny says he can take care of himself so fast forward to it's past nine o'clock at night it's pitch black and pouring and she's looking at the clock like oh i guess maybe i better do something <laughs> like really where were you two three hours ago did you not see the storm clouds real like i've never been a parent but really yeah this is a, this is the this is this is a little too hands off yeah, this is the part where I started disliking Granny. <laughs> we could make the excuse that maybe it was sunset later and the storm rolled in really fast. And But, I mean, even with all the excuses, like, what about dinner? What mm. about, like, <laughs> why wasn't it, like, ate something where she's like good grief it's getting dark where is he this you know you know would she have just left him if it wasn't raining <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i don't know and maybe this harkens back to parenting of bygone days where you have but i didn't know i know if it had been my dad and I was out in the dark, in the rain, like, he would have been beyond freaked out. Mm-hmm. I, it would, it took a lot less than, than that for him to be extremely worried about my safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, I doubt that he could be described as a helicopter bird. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, Granny eventually drags him home. And she's scolding him, and she's really mad. And <laughs> I don't think this is supposed to be funny, but I laughed because he's talking about Danny being gone. And she says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Well, he can't have him! <laughs> Which I thought was funny, but Granny was not amused. And she interprets this statement as him blaming God and then starts off on another rambling, accusatory scolding, saying that he doesn't love the lamb anymore. He only loves blue ribbons and prizes. And at that point, I wasn't on Granny's side anymore. I was well, just done with her. Well, I think she was also bringing up the thing about Tildy, too. Maybe I'm well, forgetting. That but... might have been part of it. But then she, like, went in a whole other direction, talking about he, he doesn't even love the lamb anymore. He only loves blue ribbons and prizes. I was like, really, Granny? Really? <laughs> She probably also needed to, like, this probably would have been a good time, and I don't know how well you can fit it into a Disney movie unless you have the right person saying, doing the right script to talk about loss and God's love and how loss happens. And, like, it could have been an opportunity, but to actually... I mean, if it was Mr. Rogers, he would have helped him deal with his anger and his hurt and his fear. <laughs> Granny was not Mr. Gran Rogers. <laughs> Granny didn't... I don't think Granny fully knew. It's kind of like Marilla. Like, she has her faith. Like, she's got her head into the wind. She can weather the storm. But as far as trying to help him under... Like, he, he maybe needed a little bit more discussion and explanation and... I don't know. I thought it was an interesting twist, honestly, of of 
her being concerned that his heart be in the right place, that he wasn't just being thinking about his own selfish desires, but thinking about the lamb and thinking about, probably thinking about Tildy too. So maybe she misjudged him. Maybe he actually was being kind of a selfish jerk. Either way, the conversation probably could have gone better, but I'm forgiving Granny some slack here. I do later on. At this point, I didn't realize where they were going with the story. So, the next day, Danny goes out and does... I mean, Jeremiah goes out. (laughs) The next day, Jeremiah goes out and finds Danny. And, you know, three out of four people are happy because Granny's still (laughs) disturbed. She thinks that Jeremiah has the wrong attitude and she's basically resigned herself like if you want to go mm-hmm. first yeah whatever but it's not like she's like super angry she's just like quietly upset yeah and then jeremiah and tildy are taking the ram to the barn and tildy's talking about the fair and then she comes back crying saying that they aren't going to the fair or that Jeremiah isn't going yeah, to the fair. Yeah, she said that Jeremiah told her that they're not going to the fair, but she he won't tell her why. But Granny knows why. And this is where I started having a little more sympathy for her, because I think she realizes that maybe she spoke too soon or said something that wasn't... I don't, I don't know what she's realizing, but she's realizing that yesterday went badly, and now she needs to fix it, because she goes out to talk to Jeremiah, and... He says that he promised God that if he found Danny, he wouldn't take him to the fair. Because she had said that his basically, basically his heart is in the wrong place. He cares too much about winning a prize. Yeah. So he's decided he's not going to take him to the fair because he prayed to get him back and he did. Bargaining with God. Turns out she's been bargaining with God too. <laughs> well, she says that she promised God that if he found Danny, that they would go to the fair. And since she'd known him longer, <laughs> they'd probably be okay if they kept her promise. Yes. Like, this scene was actually really cute and sweet. Yeah, I I, I guess I forgave her after that, because I, I really liked that scene. So then he leaves, and she says something like asking God for forgiveness saying well I meant to ask you before I had it in the back of my mind oh so she hadn't actually no. prayed that <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so then you get another animated scene with the animated characters singing a song about the fair and the then county fair wasn't yes, it yes the county fair and then goes back to live action and granny's helping Danny get helping jeremiah get danny ready and she's warning him that he needs to keep his head up and even if he loses he needs to walk out of there like a kincaid or something like that Mm -hmm. because she doesn't think he's gonna win and she does hope that he wins she hopes that he will but she's more realistic i think she doesn't want him to end up in an angry sobbing puddle or something you know yes so I can I can get back I can get behind mm-hmm. her ideas there. And he goes into the ring. The judges are talking to him about Danny, and he doesn't know the answers to their questions because they're asking about Pedigree. his lineage. And they think it's hilarious that he doesn't know who the father is, 
And then Danny headbutts one of the judges. <laughs> the judge was was fond yeah, of him. Yeah, he's he still liked it. The judge still liked Danny. But he doesn't win. And Jeremiah takes Granny's advice. He's walking away with his head held high. But then the judge stops him and says that they're going to award him like a special prize of merit or something like that. Something they haven't given anyone in four years. Which they, they kind of... They loop back to the first song because the judge is saying it's what you do with what you got. Yeah. And he's talking about the fleece quality and mm -hmm. you know, the care that they've given him and everything. Mm -hmm. So they give him this giant ribbon. Which is cooler looking than the blue ribbon. Yeah, I, I was thinking this special prize looks a lot better than even just the blue ribbon. Which I guess that's the point. If they haven't given it away for four years, then they might as well make it look really fancy. And then they all go home, and the whole town is waiting for them at the train station, which I thought was kind of... It's a quiet town. Uh, yeah. And he, then... he is now the pride yeah, of yes. the village. <laughs> yes, because the shopkeeper throws them a party. He and... has pop and watermelon. Yes. And he says that Danny's allowed to come, too. Yeah, that it's his party. <laughs> Even after he wrecked his store. All what's forgiven. Yes. He had brought honor to the community. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end. Who's spatting her bean curd? <laughs> I was thinking of Mulan, too. <laughs> <laughs> And I liked throughout this, you have Burl Ives. It's like he's adapting the tune of old Dan Tucker to whatever is mm -hmm. happening in the story. And I like when he's building the pen about how the sheep has to behave. Otherwise, Granny's going to roast him to a golden brown <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> that was a good line. So, no, it's cute. It's a good look back at, at how they would have viewed and taught morality, I think. And not necessarily for everybody and all peoples and everything, but if you were to read something like Mark Twain, I think you're going to get a little bit more of that flavor of mm -hmm. trying to raise the kids up right. And, I don't know, it's just a sweet country story. There are probably going to be things that people like and don't like, but it's worth watching. I think if you wanted a cozy program that doesn't get too intense in the things going horribly wrong department. <laughs> That's true. I was expecting a little bit more trauma in the scene. Where you know, in real, in, in, real, in real life, Tildy could have died in the swamp. The <laughs> lamb could have been rent in pieces by wild animals if it didn't die of starvation in its infancy. So the fact that Danny walked away with the prize and everybody's smiling and happy and eating watermelon is, uh, yeah, it, it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, so make your cup of hot chocolate and dust off this this oldie. <laughs> so I actually would recommend watching this one if you want something cozy to watch. Yeah, it was cute. It was, I was going to say, it's, it's like those old Walt Disney films we grew up with but I mean it is an old Walt Disney film and we could have grown up with it if we had access mm -hmm, to it mm -hmm. so yeah it's kind of just a nostalgic film 
But it's almost better to watch it as adults because as a child, I don't know how much I would have understood what was going on. <laughs> Honestly, so. You would have just laughed at the sheep headbutting the judge. and <laughs> You would have. I, I don't know. I would have enjoyed the cartoon part and known that there was a lamb and I don't know how much I would have retained. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, I guess that's about all we have to say about So Dear to My Heart. Which turned out to be a fair amount anyway. <laughs> yeah, we actually have been talking a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> well, and the program itself is nearly an hour and a half. Yeah. You wouldn't... I mean, when you think about it, it's a full movie length, but it doesn't feel like a mm -mm. regular movie or a full-length movie. It's not like Old Yeller. <laughs> oh. And thankfully, it's not like Old Yeller. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought of Old Yeller in a long time. I loved that movie as a kid. I don't know why. Really? I loved it. I watched, I watched it. it a lot. I watched it like once, and it made an impression, and that's okay. <laughs> I suppose I'll get there someday. <laughs> Whether or not you join me for it, I guess, remains to be seen. It would probably be a little too relatable to real life, <laughs> but I... Yeah, that's its own ramble. <laughs> I I like. I kind of like the speech that he gives to him at the end about... How he basically played the part of a man. and Anyway. Maybe I wouldn't like it now. I don't know. Anyway. I guess that's all for this episode. We'll see you. When we see you. another time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the I Heart Movies Podcast Network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.